1: And, and welcome back to uh, a. <laughs> I mean, like, like this was a. This is a first cut podcast that I think. Are, that, are you okay, Chip? No. Wait,
2: welcome I'm, back. How are you starting?
1: Well, because you know normally I would be like, I hey, had welcome back to the first cut podcast with All Kyle right. Porter." That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. But I mean, I just it to to have talked about uh, Tiger Woods winning a fifteenth major, to have talked about Tiger Woods winning again. You know, these are the kind of things that have dedicated a lot of minutes and a lot of time here on this podcast, and so. Uh, that's Kyle Porter. That's Sean Martin. They're both in Augusta. Gentlemen, y'all, I'm guessing, how about this? Uh, Kyle has a very good story up on cbssports.com, documenting, among other things, just sort of what it was like to be a part of uh, that that path, and that horde, and, and the insanity of the crowds, and and trying to follow Tiger's every move as he goes on to win the 2019 Masters. So, uh, or is is the colleague mentioned? Kyle? Is it Sean?
2: No. it, oh. was, it, it was Brendan Porat. We mm. were watching it together. Sean was uh, one of the crooked media members uh, not leaving the press building. I had
3: to. I had to live
4: blog Tiger because uh, that's the content world in 2019. You and Ch- you and Chip are doing
1: the same thing. Sean, you are. Yeah, we. You're you're speaking to a, a kindred soul in terms <laughs> yeah, of that.
4: <but> <laughs> I was in (laughs) Augusta.
1: Oh, dude. I had to, I I missed the the end. I had to watch the end like a few minutes later because we had to be, we were live on CBS Sports HQ as soon as it went final. You know, you got to show up 10 minutes early.
4: People probably feel really bad for us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they they definitely do. Um,
2: here, Here was the take last night, Chip. This is the take that was, we were floating around. Like it was almost too much. Like it was almost too big. Like to get, like to just get your arms. Like, what are you supposed to say? Like, just watch the
4: freaking thing. Right. What am right. I? Gonna, what am I going to add to it? Right. You know who he is. You know what he's been through. You know what he does. Like, there's nothing else I can say.
1: I'm glad that it happened and that it's been normalized. And I I threw that yes. around after he won the tour championship.
2: I love that take. I thought that was such a good take after the tour championship.
1: Yeah, like we we've all arrived together at the point where Tiger Woods. Is, is someone not to be treated like a sideshow, but like an absolute contender for any tournament that he decides to play.
2: But we're going to do this thing now. You love it when I say that, don't you? I sure. Do. Sean loves it when I say, well, we're going to do this thing now. We're going to do this thing where it's like, oh, Tiger's probably going to win all four now. He's probably, <laughs> probably going to slam. And it's like, well, no, the, the, here's the reality. Like, he's one of 12 guys, 15 guys who's really good. And he's not going to stand out above you know, everybody else, but he's going to be in that group, which I think is super fascinating and, and makes there's, you know, there's a part of it that it's like the Patriots syndrome. It's like, is it fun if you win every year? I mean, it's cool. It's greatness, but it's not maybe necessarily as, as fun as it is when there's parody among several interesting elite teams or golfers or whatever.
4: It actually might be harder to write when he wins his next major because at least now you do, you get back, you know, you get into the comeback and what he's been through and, you know, he couldn't walk and he had to pee in a bucket next to his bed and he couldn't drive and he, you know, he thought he was done. Like you write that, that's the story today. Uh, but when he wins like the U S open, then it's just like, well, tiger's really, really good again. Like now, you know, don't call it a comeback. It's like, it's, that one might actually be harder to write than this one. Probably. Tiger's going to win the US Open. By 14. <laughs> At Pebble. <laughs> At Pebble.
1: Oh, I mean, do, if, if we're going to go ahead and throw our darts, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that I walked out of the 2019 Masters already deciding that I'm picking Dustin Johnson to either win the PGA or the US Open.
2: Mm. Uh, I I, uh, I When I was standing with Porath on 15, and you kind of knew like after that, guys were stumbling home. There was nobody really touching 13. So you kind of knew it was, it was getting close to over. And Porat goes, like, he was kind of serious but kind of not. He goes, is he going to win all four this year? <laughs> <laughs> you
4: know what's crazy is they're so good majors that I feel like we could just have a top four of Woods, Brooks, DJ, Xander, like every major. Molinari. Molinari, like yeah. Top five for the next three years.
1: Yeah. I mean, would first of all, would sign up for it. Number two, where's Justin Thomas?
2: He finished top ten.
1: No, but in, in does is he is he still has he not jumped over the hurdle? Has he not elevated himself to, to being in that conversation right now?
4: Well, it's kind of crazy. He did say earlier this week that I mean he won the PGA at Quail, but like he feels like as a whole he's underachieved at the at the majors. He's only played in like 13. Right. He is twenty five.
1: But he he looks at himself as a big dog, as he should. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I think he holds himself to that high standard, and especially were these comments going into this week of play?
4: I don't think so. I do think that he hasn't really had outside of Quail that many times. No, no, no. He, they? Did he say him this week? Oh yeah, he said him this week.
1: Yeah, that's definitely going to be on his mind at Augusta.
2: Yeah, Augusta's so like different than all the other majors though like it's just so like otherworldly. like it's it's it it gets in your head more than the others I I don't know it's just it's a it's a different it's a different type of animal it's a different type of tournament to win and I just think it's a lot more you have to be a lot more you have to be a lot smarter a lot more mindful and a lot more experienced I think um to do it here
4: yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I think that showed on 12. I mean, guys are making a mess of that hole. Four of the last six players to play it hit it in the water. That's cr- that's insane. I mean, the hole is 155, and that flag is just out there on the right. And, you know, these guys are like, man, I've got nine out my hand. I'm a professional golfer. I'm one of the top ten players in the world. I can hit this close. and and the smart play, like the old school Jack Nicklaus plays, he always said I would aim at the at the bunker because if I hit it short, the bunker catches it, where if you miss the bunker left or right and go short, it goes in the water, which is like, that shows you these guys think on a different level about the game. But like everyone's just making a train wreck of it. They're all just, you know, hitting in the water, ruining their chances. And Tiger just kind of steps up and like, and hits in the middle of the green. It's like, basically Tiger's like, here, hold my beer. And then like shows them how it's done and then <laughs> gets in the lead and then never falls out of it. Tiger was
2: going to put that ball on, I guess, the country club before he was going to yeah. put it in the water on 12, for
1: so, sure. So what about uh, before Frankie hit the tree, did you think he oh, still had a chance? Yeah. or Because that was the moment for me where I I was, I was had bought in so hard early that Frankie was going to close it out, that yeah. even after 12, I still held out a little hope. But when he yeah. hit the tree, well, I was yeah, like, okay, this is a wrap.
2: Because 12 was where – like. You're like, okay, well that's the cushion that he gave him. Right. Cush, as Tiger would call it. As Tiger did call it throughout his press conference. I had a little cush after I nearly made an ace on sixteen, which we'll talk about. But um yes, I'm with you, Chip. I thought like <clears throat> because then they both voted thirteen and you're kind of like, okay, well they're just gonna be in lockstep the rest of the way, and it's gonna come down to a putt on eighteen. And then he hits the tr I was walking toward him as he hit the tree and oh my somebody God. I couldn't. I was at a weird angle, and somebody just hollered behind me. He hit the tree. <laughs> he hit the tree, and the ball just doesn't even like sniff the other side. And uh, that's a wrap on on Frankfurt.
1: And Not then, good. and then the six the shot at sixteen, which was Tiger. Just, oh my gosh!
2: What, what would happen if he made it? I, it landed, and I I grabbed Porath, and I said, "That's a one on Sunday at the Masters
1: <laughs> with but the lead." Did. You said, if I remember correctly, I don't have your story pulled up, but you said, I grabbed a colleague by the collar and said, Tiger's going to make a one on 16 with the lead on Sunday at the Masters.
2: He almost (laughs) did. But you could tell, like if you've been, if you've watched ever on Sunday at Augusta and you know where that pin is and you know where the ridge is, he hit it in the, like he hit it in a spot where it's like that, that might go in. Or it might not, but it's gonna but like it's gonna be up until the very end until we figure out whether it's going in or not. And I just read Rex Hoggard's story and uh he he had some color or he had a scene from like the I guess it was the locker room. And uh he got JT saying, Oh my god, oh my god, that's going in. And JT <laughs> had made had made a one earlier in the day, which I didn't even realize until I got in later. That's how like secluded you are out there whenever you're with a different group.
1: Uh, I knew, well, see, that was the thing is I, I had watched, you know, Bryson knock it in, JT knock it in, Rom hit it to like nothing. I was just like, Oh my goodness. Cause, uh, the, the question during an HQ hit in the middle of the round was, all right, let's run down the whole second nine. Like where are the birdie holes? And, uh, Eric Casillas got to 16. I was like, the way it's playing today, Like, Tiger absolutely has to birdie that hole if he wants to be able to win. And then, sure enough, he damn near made an ace.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was – yeah, it it was awesome. I had a terrible take earlier in the week. I said that the Thursday pin on 16 is better than the Sunday pin. That's – we can RIP that take. (laughs) That's not good.
4: I mean, going back to that, like, experience matters at Augusta National, he talked about how basically – like He knew the places he had to pick his spots and like make birdies on the second nine, and that was the par fives and then 16 because that's a birdie hole on Sunday. And that's exactly what he did. Like He only made three birdies on that nine. And really, I mean, it was a low-scoring day again, and he shoots 70 after starting the day two back, and that's enough to overtake them because he's just kind of casually like strolling along, making sure not to make mistakes, and people are just falling apart all around him. It, it was very reminiscent to when he was winning majors in his prime of like, I mean, he's just chilling, just knows where he's going to make his birdies, doesn't try to do too much on the other holes, and everyone else just trips on themselves.
2: You know, you know what I thought the most important shot of the day was, Chip? What? Uh, the second into 11. Yeah. Mm. So he's <clears> – <throat> I was standing right there. He's way out to the right, and he just had this look like if I make par here – I'm going to be in it until the end. Like he, he knew that 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 par there was so important, and he, and honestly, like he didn't miss a shot after that.
1: Well, yeah, because he was like, coming off the bogey at ten. Things were very shaky.
2: Yeah, and it was, and it was reminiscent of like go back to sixteen with speed. He bogeys ten, bogeys eleven, quad at at twelve, and that's a wrap. Um. So yeah, ten. It's just. 10 and 11 are such a hard way to start the second nine and for him to make par from where he was at was, that was sick.
1: Much
3: more with Kyle Porter and Sean Martin from Augusta right after this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason building a business is tough. Taylor brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: All right. So as everyone's falling apart down the stretch, y'all are there. How much of that is weather and how much of that is sort of intangibles and, and pressure or what what have you
2: I I don't know. I I I think it's gotta be a little bit of nerves. I mean Molinari makes one bogey through three rounds and then he's just and honestly, like if you look at the first nine, he, he wasn't hitting it very well. He came into the final day, I think six in strokes gain on approach shots. And he was all over the place early. And he was saving himself, which is great, but thats it's really hard to win that way. We saw we saw, <clears throat> excuse me, Patrick Reed kind of do it last year when he shot that 71 in the final round, just hold on. Um, but uh, it, obviously Frankie couldn't do
4: it. I think that's kind of the beauty of the second nine and why the Masters always is, is pretty exciting in that it tempts you to go for it and, and really it really gives you plenty of birdie opportunities if you pull the shots off. But the second that you, uh, you know, you don't pull one off, there's a steep penalty to pay. Play. I mean, 12 is a nine iron easy birdie. If you hit, you know, for most guys, but if you miss it, it's going in the water, 13 water, 15 water, you know, 16, even, you know, if you don't hit it on that shelf, it's a pretty hard par really. I mean, it's basically, you know, you're, you kind of, you put your hand in the cookie jar, but, you know, you might get a slap if you're a little too slow and, and your mom sees you. So it's just, that's the beauty of that second nine, that you have to be, if you're perfect, you can shoot 31, and if you're a little off, you can shoot, you know, 37, 38.
2: Did you see what Tiger said about uh, Brooks after the round? No. He said uh, he he thinks that, he didn't know, but he saw that Brooks hit it in the water on 12, and he goes, he's a lot stronger than I am, oh, and, yeah. and he flights it a lot better than I do, which I was like, whoa. Uh, but, uh He's like he probably had he probably picked nine and tried to go right of the bunker and so he was like I just I just knew I was like gonna pull it like over the bunker and that's where my like landing spot was I just thought it was interesting like the way he was he was like looking at the group ahead to kind of set up what he was going to do
4: yeah and it definitely it influences play I did see that that quote um, but that's just always being aware I mean that's just the mental side of of Cat, which is, you know, the physical side, obviously there's some special gifts there. But I do, I think going back to 12, like, that's just such an illustration of the full package of why he is, who he was, and, and who he is. Because all these guys just stumbled there, and, and he just made it look so easy. And then all these guys, you know, you're sitting there wondering, like, well, why didn't they just do that?
2: <laughs> who, who Chip, who was the guy? Because I didn't get to see, like, all I saw was Cat and Frank and Finau. Who was the guy on TV where you're like, uh, this guy m- might win, and I did not see this coming.
1: Uh, I mean, I think for a lot of people it was Xander. I mean, Xander yeah. was awesome. Watching Can't
4: wait for a second there,
1: like, uh, well, but I didn't uh, even Cantlay was not on featured groups and broadcast was not giving him much love. <laughs> like, like he jumped. Patrick Cantlay jumped up the leaderboard, and uh, even if you were following the tournament very, very closely, there was a little bit of a like, oh, oh goodness, because he was hovering maybe four strokes back and he had the round of the day early. Like Kyle, before you even ran out, remember we were talking about can't lay.
2: Yeah, and I think the thing for me was that I was getting a little bit like wary of is, is somebody posting like 12 or even 11 and then weather coming in and like the wind picking up or even it getting like delayed, and all of a sudden, like Cantley's in at twelve, and everybody's like, it, it just gets super awkward, and everybody kind of like f- falls away. And you're like, oh, Patrick Cantlay won. Oh, great! I didn't, I didn't, I literally did not see a single shot that he hit.
4: I'll tell you what, though, Patrick Cantlay was like the moment that I that really confirmed me that this is getting crazy because I mean, I don't know how many people listening are familiar with Patrick Cantlay, but like he is like super flat line, no emotion, man, a few words. And he fist pumped twice after making that put on fifteen. Then I tweeted, like, okay, Patrick Hanley's fist pumping now, like this is getting out of control.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, and then but, and then of course he like he follows up with a couple bogeys.
4: Yeah. Right. He, he fell apart really quickly, but even I mean he was dressed in all black. He was ready to just aggra- like he was the undertaker to our tiger hopes.
2: Aggressive colors. Yeah. There was a there was a media member, guys, on I think it was on Amen Corner that said <clears throat> I heard the story secondhand, so I won't say who it is and I won't say who told me, but apparently this media member said Shawley is an issue now. And <laughs> if he gave me and if you gave me twenty thousand dollars, I couldn't tell you his first name. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, uh, so that was where we were at on, on the second. Night. So yeah, I,
1: I am right though that like Xander Shawley, someone who I feel like, you know, we've we've talked about a good bit. Over the last little bit, over the last couple months, or even uh, uh, the last year, that was that was a surprise to a lot of people. He got a lot of shine. Um, I, th- I did think that there was a, a moment there where DJ might be able to go get it. I thought that Brooks played a lot better than his score. If he just, Brooks
2: didn't hit it in the water on twelve. He probably, yeah, he probably won. Yeah, i
1: I, th- I thought I thought Brooks played, except for maybe three or four mis- like bad mistakes or misses. Played well enough to win. Never really Which considered that
4: was super surprising because at Shinnecock, he talked about how he loves the majors because he feels like he has the discipline to shoot away from the flags, um, that you shouldn't shoot at, whereas everyone else goes for them and makes mistakes. And then he did exactly that.
1: That's a great point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what. Hey, so what was the do you think that someone showed uh Matt Kuchar, the Phil Mickelson video on Saturday?
2: <laughs> how good was that? Incredible. He said it like, here's my favorite part of that whole thing. So it went through like, it was like a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever. And he does, he hits like all these like high points and talks about everybody's like, oh, dropping bomb, you know, whatever. Like all the like rhetoric. The best part of the whole thing is how casually he just, he just (laughs) torched Creature. Like he didn't even, it wasn't like his voice didn't change. He just like lit him up in like four seconds and moved on. And, and you're like, "Whoa, what just happened? like I, it was it was incredible. It's great.
1: And then he's talking about side money I guess. it's
2: pretty hilarious.
1: Well, I mean I so we the the like the swing speed thing has been a thing for Phil. That's what he's yeah. been talking about for months. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and to follow up the tweet with a screenshot of his swing speed, keeping he, the receipts on it.
2: He came into the week talking about how somebody asked him on Tuesday, like, "Are you hitting it straight?" And he goes, "I don't <laughs> I don't know, but I'm hitting it really far, and that's all I care about."
1: <laughs> Incredible. what What do we make? What do we make of his performance here? I mean, how? So if, you know, we got Phil and uh, Pebble coming up in a little bit. We got to go through Beth Page, obviously first, but. You know, how do how do we chart this like what does this data point mean because it was wildly entertaining right like both on and off the course Phil was a, a very very entertaining part of the 2019 masters what what does it mean for him
2: yeah I think for me like he so he shoots 67 in the first round and I've always thought that Phil at some point is gonna have his jack in 86 moment when he's like 50 51 whatever like i, I I've always felt like it's gonna happen and after this masters I, I I'm not so sure like i I don't know if I still believe that I just think it's I just think it's so hard for him to stay locked in for four rounds I just i I kind of don't think that's ever gonna happen now and I kind of don't think he's ever gonna win another major
4: yeah I mean he turns forty nine this year he's eligible for uh the senior tour p j Tour champions next year shout, out, shout out to p j tour and uh it's just – its going back to it, it's so hard to win majors now. And so to pick one off at 48, 49 is just – I mean, I know he's in great shape, and I, but I do think it's the mental side that's the big struggle. I mean, he can hit it as far as anyone out there. His short game is still amazing. Those flop shots he hit on Saturday were just that's, ridiculous. That, that's a joke. I was waiting for – I was wondering if the video started going viral because he knifed one into a patron's head or something. <laughs> but that was a dangerous shot. But uh, – um. Yeah, I think it's more the mental thing. He's talked about fatigue. He's talked about just kind of mental, you know, levels and, and struggling with that. And I think it. I think that's the biggest struggle for him. And it's just, you know, four rounds in a major is exhausting. I'm going to
2: try that shot that Phil hit when we play Pinehurst tomorrow. Shout out to Pinehurst. <laughs> Shout we're out to Pinehurst, going. number two. Yeah, we're all going tomorrow. And it's going to be a line drive that goes like 115 yards just like straight away.
1: Yeah, if you don't
4: pull that thing off, it's going – 110
1: yards. It's gone. Uh, Sean, what were... Alright, we've 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 thrown around a bunch of golfers' names. We haven't really expanded uh, too much, but is, is there anyone else uh, in the field that you feel like... I mean, we, we saw a late Hideki charge. If you want to get in your Hideki love, I, I will definitely take it, but like, where, where were some of your uh, attentions lying as you were uh, looking up and down and following the action on the weekend?
4: Yeah, I think... I mean, Webb Simpson's kind of a big surprise there. You do look at that leaderboard, and it's all just guys who just mash the golf ball. And Raleigh's favorite son does not. And so that was just a super (laughs) impressive performance. Um, That's a guy who, he's got to get scrappy. He's got to hit it well. He's got to wedge it good. But that's back-to-back good finishes at Augusta, which is a little surprising just because it's not the perfect golf course for him because of the way he plays. Um, Finau was really interesting. I mean, it's his second time in less than a year. He's played in the final group of a major. and You know, he shot even, he hit in the water on, on 12, you know, he kind of, um, tread water, but I think, and he, you know, he's had his Sunday issues and I think he has to overcome those, but I think it's like the David Duval thing where David Duval was this super talent who had trouble closing out events. And then once he won his first one, he won three in a row. And I mean, I know Fina has won Puerto Rico. Uh, it's been like three years now, but obviously he's had some trouble closing out since then. But I think, you know, and maybe people will keep saying this, but I think once he closes one out, uh, I think the floodgates do open because he has such, you know, physical talent, and he's shown it with his consistency. It's pretty incredible.
1: So what was there's a disconnect? Justin Ray, the great Justin Ray, had uh, a step, you know, breaking out the, um, I guess, stroke gains on approach shots was what he was sort of hovering on for the Masters as his big key, and and maybe a Final female, female was like. 36 or something the point being he was much lower than Tiger and Francesco like is what make what's the difference between Tony Finau who someone who can be an elite scorer you know just run off seven birdies in a round seemingly effortlessly and Tony Finau who might not be tracking statistically as an elite golfer
4: I mean I do think it's overly simplistic but I do think the distance is so much of it just because for a, a PGA Tour player, a bad wedge shot is almost as good as a good eight iron in a sense, and so his strokes gain approach might be less. But that's because if he hits a wedge to 15 feet, you know he's picking up fewer strokes than if a guy hits it to 15 feet from 160. Um, but they're left with the same birdie putt if that makes sense. So that's not some,
1: yeah, that's that's not too simplistic. I like that.
4: Yeah. Tiger Tiger was raving
2: about his distance at the end of his press conference I don't know why Tiger was talking about Finau and his winner's press conference I think it was the Utah media asking a Finau question big, big Utah media uh, but he was just he was just raving about how long he is and he's like he just he like has this like little half swing and he hits it just forever I mean it's crazy like how and I I love watching him swing like he's, he's among my f- probably four or five favorite swings on the PGA Tour
4: I don't <laughs> think he'll get there. He played so well in the Ryder Cup, um, you know, which that's a new stage for him. They're playing in Paris. Everyone else around him is just falling apart. And No,
2: he pointed, remember, at the Ryder Cup.
4: I remember Siwoo pointing – th- or no, shushing the crowd at the President's Cup. I don't remember the – Yeah, yeah
2: Siwoo – uh, the t- international team is down like 18 to 3, and Siwoo is going Patrick Reed on the good fans <laughs> of Liberty National. That was unbelievable.
1: Never, Never forget. Much respect to C. Wu. C. Wu had an okay week? What did he finish at? <clears throat> Three? He an okay
2: week. He got some feature groups coverage. T- T21. Uh, We heard Brooks Kepka called uh, Brooks Koepka and Brooks Kopka. And Bruce. The,
1: and Bruce Kepka.
2: Well, by the good patrons of Augusta National. So... Uh clearly winning three majors has not been enough to take uh, Mr. Kepka mainstream.
4: Also, there was a lot of Brooks Kepka nudity talk this week. Yes. A lot. Not good. Probably maybe a little too much.
1: Like, would you sign up for it or no, just
4: <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. There's that br- he had a kerfuffle with Brandel uh that really played out, you know, Brandel on his podium on live from on the golf channel, <laughs> Kepka using the interview room. Um you know, because the word is, you know, Kepka's lost a bunch of weight. Uh, he was struggling coming into Augusta. and The word is it's for the, the ESPN body issue. And so, you know, Brandel is just incensed that he's sabotaging his season for such a silly reason. Oh, and
1: he called it the most reckless he'd ever seen from a player in his prime. Self-sabotage, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
4: And then, and then Kepka goes, you know, first I'm too big, then I'm too small. And then Brandel comes back with, you know, something along the lines of, like, he's not tough. Uh, and then I think I don't know what Kepka came back with, but they had that little going on. But anyways, there were a lot of, and I, I'm guilty of it too as well. But there were a lot of uh, body issue and just talks and and Koepka's physique and magazine shoots and all that it was a big big part of the week. Well, I'm more of a I'm more of a barn rat guy.
1: Well, all right. So listen, the reason we're making Brooks Kepka jokes is because he's in contention. No one wants to talk about Rory because it's just so sad to think about the underperformance.
4: I forgot about Rory until you
1: brought him up. Right. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, like all right, so what was it? Uh seventy three, seventy one, seventy one, sixty eight in uh what looked like if you were following any of the times that he was on the featured group coverage or on the broadcast, in if you count all the times that you just like pulled your hair out at a putt that didn't go in, that that could have easily been could have been nine ten under. Easy. Well, and
4: also he rolls in with what seven straight top tens, including the win at the Players, and he finished in the top ten in the last five Masters. So, mm-hmm. like, there's the converging trends where like he has to play well, right? And he absolutely, just completely. I mean,
2: the the other part of this though is this is like this is a grown man leaderboard. Like, <laughs> like the top of the top twelve, the only name, no, of the top sixteen, the only name that you're kind of like eh, is Justin Harding. Everybody else, Polter, Kutcher, uh, JT, Bubba, Fowler, Cantley, Rom, Finau, Molinari, Simpson, Day, Kepka, Xander, DJ, and Tiger. Yeah, top eight on the leaderboard. That leader is, that really is guys,
4: Seven of the top nine on the leaderboard have a major, and the exceptions are Xander, who has finished in the top six and half of his major starts in his career, and Tony Finau, oh, yeah. who is a top ten player in the world, or top 15
2: I don't know. I mean, that's doesn't like excuse Rory. And I thought he played pretty bad in the first couple of rounds, but the, the point is just like, and and it, this goes back to my tiger point of like, look, tigers. Like, will he win a 16th major? I don't know. Maybe it's going to be really, really hard. Like this doesn't mean he is like where he was in 2001. It just means he played great this week at Augusta.
1: But uh, Richard Deitch called Tiger Woods a one man economic stimulus package. Mm. It does mean that when someone's trying to pitch the low like the 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 very low hanging fruit of is Tiger going to win them all, when someone pitches that at you, then you get the opportunity to talk about how awesome the top tier of golf is. Therefore Tiger yeah. Woods for like the fourth time in his career, has generated more interest that has spread out to the entire game of golf.
4: So yeah. are you saying that uh, blade collar sales are going to skyrocket tomorrow? Yes. Mock? mock. Or sorry, Mock to like, Yeah, yeah. Dude,
1: absolutely. The, are you
4: saying that a Tiger
2: win is uh, better for golf than a uh, Francesco Molinari win? The I don't,
1: I don't have any investment on what's good or bad for golf. I'm just going to react to things as I saw them. I'll say that... Uh, my, my parents came over for lunch and my dad was wearing black pants and a red collared shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was just in black shoes, just all in shamelessly
4: <laughs> and more golfers need uniforms. You need, you need to be able to wear something that like proves your allegiance to a, uh, to a golfer.
1: I I tried to connect. Uh, I've got a friend who's like maybe, wait, I guess I'm, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys by the way, tomorrow. Um, I've, I've got a friend who's like maybe six three six four, and as soon as he started lining up with Adidas, I was like, DJ, yes, go all Adidas. You got this, dog. <laughs> did
2: you see uh, Big Randy's tweet? No. He said it's good to see, finally see Orange and Butler
3: Cat. Oh, no, I did see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shout out to Victor, Victor Hovland. Go, Pokes. My
4: guy. Plus
1: 275 for the low AM.
4: It was a tough Sunday for my boy Takumi Kanaya.
1: He started good.
4: Yeah, Hovland
2: goes seventy-two, seventy-one, seventy-one, seventy-one. Good for him. Uh, it, you know, it, it's cool. It's obviously cool to be low am, but to do it in a in a in a Masters that Tiger wins.
4: I mean, that's it's pretty awesome. Is Tiger's Masters win cheapened because he didn't have to beat
1: Matthew Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get out of here. Y'all get all the way out of here. All right. So is is there, is there is there bad takery coming? Because when the prospects of pushed up tee times, threesomes, and split tee starts came up, Kyle and I were joking. We took it pretty far in terms of uh, cheapening the Masters experience.
2: I think Chip asked if there would be a uh... – gift card to the pro shop for closest to the pin on 14. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
4: The one thing that is interesting, I don't know if it would have – this is an actual factual thing, and I don't know if it would have changed things. Actual factual? Versus like just some mindless speculation. But Tiger, if they did twosomes, would have been in the second to last, the penultimate uh, group. And so he's not playing with Molinari. I don't think that affects things. Obviously, we've seen Molinari take down Tiger multiple times and – different events over the past year but um, it does possibly change some things it's I think Tiger still wins I don't want to clarify that I
2: think Tiger coming from behind is fascinating
4: yeah that yeah that is I mean literally something he in all of his years of best golf and it's probably because he was always leading majors and never had to come from behind but the 14 majors he won before, he never, ever, ever in the prime of his career was able to come from behind in a major. And it's not like he ran down, like, Corey Connors. Right. Well, well and, and he, it's
1: not like he ran him down with the 64, which he almost did at the PGA.
2: Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good point. Like, and, and, and that goes back to, like, he, like, I, and maybe this came through on TV. I just felt like the way he played the second nine was so smart. Like it's surgical from what he did on 11 to 12. And he talked about that in his uh, in his press conference. Like he, he was just talking about how, like, I knew I had the part fives ahead of me. I knew I could birdie those. I, I'm just trying to, like, kind of tactically work my way around. And that goes back to Thursday. He was doing that on Thursday. He was keeping everything in front of him, not making double bogeys. And it's so, I think, I think Augusta is fascinating for a million reasons, but I think one of them is that it's so easy to lose your patience, to not have discipline. How many times have we seen that with guys like Rory or Rom or whoever, mm-hmm. who just want to make like a two on every hole that if you, if you're not patient and you're not disciplined, it can slip away from you. And Tiger did such a good job of, of being disciplined and being patient. How about the putt on nine, by the way? Cool. Oh,
4: silky. <laughs> That, that was kind of cool. He talked about how he channeled his, his dad and thought of the uh, advice his dad gave him as a kid: the paint the picture. That's what he always said in the putting green, or putt to the picture. Put to the picture. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, that thing, you know, you putt it; it almost stopped about thirty feet short, and then just trickled uh, and just nestled down there a foot away.
2: I made that putt on nine, by the way, when I played Augusta. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know a lot of people care about that. I made it for uh, like a sixty-foot par,
1: so that's a par. Par's yeah, a par. You, you may tell you
2: about the rest of my holes too.
1: <laughs> um, I think that – do you do you know what I think is not cheap? I mean, because the to me it's like, of course. Like if Tiger's going to win, of course it's going to be in a way he's never done in something that's never happened at the Masters in terms of the way the the final round had to be pushed up and, and all switched up. I do think that for about an hour and a half when like everybody was on the course, it was just chaos. Like I mean, I mean y'all. Again, y'all are there. Y'all tell me. I will say that from uh being here in Raleigh and watching it on my mini screens, it just kind of felt like no one felt comfortable. You know, like storm clouds are coming in. The wind is picking up. Everyone's on the course, just like just bananas activity, tension, kind of energy.
4: Well, here's the thing: is I think even if Tiger doesn't win, this one would have gone down as a classic.
1: Agree, a hundred percent.
2: Well, and it was Sunday was weird, Chip. Like, you and you know, like, there's always so much anticipation for Sunday at like two forty five when the last pairing goes off. And on this Sunday, it's like we got to the course and everybody was out there, and you're like, wait a second, like I haven't even eaten. I haven't even. I didn't eat for like. I didn't eat until like five p.m. I mean, it was, it was a very strange day, and, um. It was also strange because, like, you didn't hear a ton of roars. Like, and I think part of that was because everybody's following Tiger, so there's not as many people at these other holes with other players. Like, I didn't hear.
1: Oh, dude, I was watching Tommy Fleetwood on their little tracker, you know, where it was, like, basically showing you clips of every single shot. There was no one around him. No one was following him.
2: I know. like, It's crazy. And, like, even when I got back in, I was like, JT made a one, and so did Bryson. Like, I didn't. I didn't hear roar, and I was out there all day, I didn't hear roars that told me like, oh, somebody just made a one on 16. And I, I was just, I was stunned whenever I got back in. I mean, you heard some loud roars, but so much of it was for Tiger. And you were hearing, here's the thing that shocked me, you were hearing roars off these tea, off the tee boxes, like off of his drives, that are usually reserved for like birdies and eagles. I mean, people were, were like, like if he hit a if he hit a bomb, he what do you call it a cut, squeeze cut, or what was it? That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, like off one of these tees, and people were just losing it, and cool. it, it was just so it was like everybody was congregating around him. That it's almost like there was there weren't enough people to go around to everybody else. But
4: let's be honest, people were pretty stoked he was finding fairways. I mean, he was he was driving it like a juiced up Jim Furyk out there or something. I mean, <laughs> he hit it so good. You know, so many years of us watching him scramble from the trees and stuff like that. He ever from 11 on, once he got past 11, I mean, it was a clinic. It was old school tigers. Yeah.
2: The flip, the flip twirl on 18 was pretty sick too. I got to say this, Chip, uh, walking, 18 was like a parade. I have never seen anything like that. And to see everybody like lining both sides, there were people like up the right side over by 10, which people are never over there. And the whole, the whole scene was just, it was, it, it was so surreal. Cause you're like, Tiger's about to win the masters. Like I, P, the true championships, one thing, shout out to the PGA tour, but to win the, to win the masters, like it, it just, it almost like didn't, it still is sort of like difficult to comprehend.
1: I'm glad it happened.
2: Dude, I went out. So real talk here, be serious for a minute. I wrote my column and I went outside and cried Yeah, because like, just him and his kids there and thinking about like my kids and then like his dad from 22 years ago, like
4: it was, I don't know. It was awesome. It that, was
2: it was really cool.
4: The kid thing was the coolest part just because, I mean, who knows what they know and how much they understand and you know what they'll learn later, but there's such genuine affection there. Versus, like, oh gosh, our dad's going to make us come out to the green. So it looks like we're all, you know, super happy. But it wasn't that. It was genuine affection. They love their dad and their dad loves them. And, and it goes back to, I think it was something that came out when Kucher lost the Open Championship to Spieth two years ago. That was sweet. And Kucher talked about just how crushing it is to bring like heartbreak and sadness to your children because you're their father and you're supposed to protect them. And this was the opposite of like, he brought so much joy into his children's lives and i think that meant more to him than anything else was how much joy he brought to his children well and and the other thing is like
2: when you grow up like if you're 25 and you're tiger's son honestly like it's it's probably going to suck in a lot of ways like it's going to be the, it's going to be hard like that's a hard thing but when you're 10 or what i don't know nine and you're tiger's son like it's kind of awesome like that it, and, and like i don't mean to like project some sort of thing on here but like it's probably like the best time like the best age or so one of the best ages to be tiger woods's son and and like the time where you get to enjoy it the most so for tiger to win the masters at that point and not when your kid's like two or when he's like 20 i i think it's pretty cool
1: i thought that it was late last season when he started to get it going probably sometime between the open or the pga or maybe in the immediate aftermath And Tiger said, this is the only time my children have seen me happy about golf, where it hasn't been hurt, it hasn't been disappointment, it hasn't been frustration. This is the only time they've seen me really be able to enjoy it because they don't remember the last time I did. And this is like the peak of that.
2: It's awesome. He said that in his press conference again. So, I mean, that part of it just was – that was pretty cool for for me. And and that was sort of the – the linchpin of my, of my story afterwards, you know, and, you know, tiger is so many different things, like the way we perceive him and we don't think about him as being a human as being like a dad and a son, the way that all of us are or that a lot of us are. And he is, and that's like, that's probably like primarily how he sees himself or like certainly more than we do. Right. And uh, so I, I, I thought that part of it was cool. Uh, real quick, biggest surprise from this week and biggest disappointment. And if you guys don't have anything off the top, I, I've got. I think I've got
4: both. Uh, I mean, disappointment is Rory. You want to elaborate? Just, I mean, I, we already discussed a little bit of it, but the fact that it, I mean, did you even know Rory was on the golf course on Sunday? I mean, I did. I was watching Shot Tracker all day. I thought he, I thought he MDF. I thought they installed a pitch four hole cut for this event.
1: No, 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 no. But listen, he did start on ten, and I did guess when there were rumors of, uh, and I guess this would be early Saturday. I was like, oh, that's how Rory wins it by starting on ten <laughs> and go it with the sixty-two on,
4: on Sunday. He post sixty-one. You
2: never know. Uh, I think Bryson's my biggest disappointment. Yeah, fade harder, Bryson. That was yeah. He he, shot, he finished he shot. below
1: Spieth and McElroy.
4: Yeah, he shot seventy-five, seventy-three in the middle two rounds. Also, Speeth finishing T twenty one, I know it's Augustine, he's got the record there. I mean, it's his best finish of the season by a pretty decent amount. I do think shout out Speeth rebounding from first round seventy-five to finish at five under. I mean that T twenty one, especially even in the first round, he looked lost and he had some abysmal shots. And so to then go uh under in the last three rounds. Yeah. I think that's a, a pretty big turnaround. That's actually a positive sign for him that uh, things are moving in the right direction. I still think we're a few months away from seeing any signs of life, but I mean that's a where he's been. That's pretty good. You know the uh, Sandra Bullock meme from uh, Bird Box.
2: Bird Box.
1: Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Chip? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That was Spee's first round. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I watched it. It was it was insane. I'm like, how is this dude in in the tournament? They might not invite him back. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I and look, like we get we all get fired up about like, oh, this guy's won five tournaments this year or whatever. Like to me, the most impressive thing is when somebody's probably made a hundred million dollars in his career at the age of 25 and has all the majors and all the wins and whatever is like grinding just at you know, like he knows he's probably not going to win, but he's just like so deep in it. Like I, I'm super impressed by his resilience and, and bounce back and all of those stupid things that we talk about. Um, and I think that's why he's going to have one of the all-time great careers.
4: I was pretty worried. I, so I had my playlist for the four and a half hour drive to uh, Augusta from Jacksonville, Florida. And the first thing up was the Spieth knowing up pod. Because uh, everyone was talking about how good it was, so I listened to it. And listening to it, it was like this: he was so deep in his head. He's talking about how he has three different swing thoughts. And I mean, Solly just had to ask like two questions for the hour interview, and he was just going on and on. And I was like, he's deep in his head right now. I was, I was like, is he laying down while he's you know giving this podcast? Is he is this like a therapy session? He was, he sounded like a guy who just was. Was deep in it. And I still think he has a long way to dig out. But yeah, I mean, missing that cut—if he had missed that cut this week, when he had to ask his caddy what the cut rule was, because he had no idea, because he never had to think about it. Did he really? Yeah, <laughs> like if he had missed the cut, that would have been rock bottom.
1: A hundred percent. I'll I'll say that biggest surprise in a in in the positive sense, I would probably go with uh, even even though he shot a seventy two. I had a lot of fun watching Phil. I'll throw that out there, I love um, that. and in the disappointment sense, 100% Rory, and a little bit. And this would only be like getting a, a little nitpicky with it, but I, I was, I was looking for a little more from Justin Thomas. I yeah. think, I think, I think that there was just there were highlights in there that similar to you know we mentioned Rory McIlroy. Ricky Fowler had a bunch of miss putts a whole bunch of miss putts there's just there's some elite players that fell a few strokes short and when when you've got a leaderboard that, that that is that stacked I guess that you end up counting up all those misses knowing what could be
2: I think my biggest surprise from a positive standpoint was uh, was Webster yeah Webby. Weber. he was great 64 on Saturday was awesome. I
1: thought it was really insightful. He told Amanda Balionis that playing on the weekend last year was huge for him. And he is continuing to take notes and figure out. He basically described uh, his decision-making process on shots as a process of elimination. We're like, you just know where you can't get it. No, you can't get it. Can't get it. All right, so we're going here. And I think as he continue, we will see him continue to improve his Augusta results because I do think he's got a game that can score at Augusta for a long time.
2: Well, and, and he's, he's emblematic of like what playing Augusta is actually like to where your, your, your resume and your sort of library of knowledge builds over time. Like, like Spieth is a freak. Like nobody wins the Masters in their second time. Like it's just it's, – it's, you know, to, to have that much success that early on is, is very abnormal – And guys like Spieth and or excuse me, like uh, Webb and and Kucher, and even somebody like Molinari, like you you start building this knowledge over time and then you get better and better as as, uh, you know, as you get older and and more experienced. And that's the beauty of that course, I think, is like and Phil was talking about that early in the week. He's like, every time I come here, I learn something new, which is which is awesome. Like that. That is so cool to to think about. And I don't know. I'm just I'm already bummed that we have 12 more months to wait until the next master's. I know we have a lot of cool PJ Tour events coming up,
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, any final thoughts?
4: It is crazy that it's over. I feel like you, I mean, Kyle's been in Augusta since last, like, Friday. <laughs> since February. And you do, you spend this week here and your days are long and, like, I don't know, you get so immersed in Masters for the week that, like... I mean, I haven't done anything else. I haven't read anything. I haven't like. It's been nothing but the Masters for seven straight days, and then that, that is over, and we're leaving here. And Tiger Woods is the winner. That and we're almost back to the days where like Tiger can finish seventh somewhere, and people are gonna be like, "What's wrong with Tiger Woods?" Oh god. I'm not, <laughs> um,
1: Friday. Friday was an entire tournament unto itself. Each of yeah. these days, like, like you're right, Kyle. Kyle has really been there since February. But even within the context of. The four championship days, every one of them has been exhausting.
4: Yeah. And I feel like this one especially, I don't know. I think because all week, the leaderboard was tightly packed and it was like all these big names on top of it. Like I think after Friday, there were nine names separated by a shot and like seven of them had won majors. Five of them had been number one in the world. Um, Saturday was just bonkers because people were shooting low numbers. There were 364s. And then Sunday was just Sunday with with Tiger winning that, I mean, so much has happened in the last three days that it's insane.
1: Final thoughts, Kyle? You good?
4: I mean,
2: Tiger said this at the top of his – by the way, was he an emotional at the top of his presser?
4: I think a little bit. I think when he first sat down, I think he needed a second to
2: compose himself. But he he was just talking about how it hasn't sunk in yet, and and I sort of feel the same way. I mean, I tried to just empty myself into my piece afterwards,
1: but read it on CBSSports.com. It's got yeah. the golf cover.
2: Thanks, Chip. Read all Chip stuff too. You've done like five thousand things this weekend, but um, it, it's it's surreal. I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I was standing at the very back of this just massive people behind 18 and you got people jumping up and down. It looks like just heads just bobbing up and down, like jack in the boxes opening, like all over the place. And it's like, tiger's about to win the masters and you keep telling yourself that. And it doesn't like truly sink in and it probably won't for a couple of weeks or months or whatever, but it was the coolest dude. I mean, I, I've been to a lot of tournaments here, seen a lot of golf here and it was uh, it was about as, as good as it gets.
1: He is Sean Martin, pjtour.com. He is Kyle Porter. Gentlemen, uh I'll see y'all tomorrow afternoon.
2: Yeah, we'll see you in like 15 hours. Safe travels. Tee it up. I'm going to I'm going to um I don't know what I'm going to do.
4: I'm going to I got I got the macho like ready. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Jets. Uh, make sure that you subscribe, as always, to the First Cut Podcast. You can get it on Apple Podcasts. Hey, we're on Spotify, too. So uh, if that's your jam, then, uh, then check us out. Gentlemen, thank you very much. See you, Jeff.